0: The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. The Lord replied, If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your servant, who has just come from plowing or tending sheep in the field, Come here immediately and take your place at table? Would he not rather say to him, Prepare something for me to eat? Put on your apron and wait on me while I eat and drink. You may eat and drink when I am finished. Is he grateful to that servant because he did what was commanded? So should it be with you. When you have done all that you have been commanded, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done what we are obliged to do. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Yesterday, on October 1st, we celebrated the feast of St. Therese of Lisieux, one of my personal favorites and one of my best friends among the Communion of Saints. And there is a story about her that has always kind of struck me for a couple of reasons. First, because she called herself a little flower in this particular image. And in that image, then, as the little flower, it drives my friends nuts that she has oftentimes called that, the little flower. And so, of course, I do it just to get under their skin a little bit. But then also, more fundamentally and more importantly for today, she called herself the Little Flower because she compares herself to all the, others, all the other giant saints within the Lord's Garden, those spiritual giants who had gone on before her, in particular in her own order, the Carmelites, St. John of the Cross, St. Therese of Avila, and even others like St. Bernard of Clairvaux or St. Francis of Assisi. She notes that saints like that are like trees that are reaching up to God, constantly growing higher and higher, reaching closer and closer to Him, whereas she's just a mere little flower. Nothing more but a short flower in the flower bed. Nothing significant, nothing great. And yet, even though she is not one of those great giants, one of those great trees, the Lord nonetheless leans down, bends down to her and lifts her up to Himself. see, She recognizes in that imagery that it is God who lifts her up, and not she who is reaching up to God, but instead she simply trusts in her littleness and trusts in God's almighty providence and power to bend down and lift her up to himself, complete reliance upon him. And I think that imagery is important for us in today's gospel because, well, for two reasons. First, I'll start with the end. At the end of today's gospel, we hear, when you have done all that you have commanded, say... We are unprofitable servants. We have done what we are only obliged to do. How odd. What is our Lord telling us that we are to view ourselves as nothing more than mere servants, as ones who can do nothing more than what is commanded? Yes, but I think from a proper perspective. Obviously, each and every one of us, as I often say, are beloved sons and daughters of the Most High God. Each and every one of you, myself included, our beloved children of His. You are chosen, you are set aside, and you are adopted by Him as His sons and daughters by virtue of your baptism. Yes. But what our Lord is instead, I think, trying to tell us in today's gospel is what our disposition towards Him should be. Because sometimes when we view ourselves simply as the children, we forget about the obligations that are put upon us, we can become like spoiled children. We can take it for granted what the Lord has given to us, the faith that has been bestowed upon us. He'll just give us mercy whenever we need it. He'll just take care of all of it and we don't try. What the Lord wants to encourage us to do whenever he says that we are to call ourselves unprofitable servants because we've only done what we we're obligated to do is that if we do everything right in our life, we've only done what we should do. Every action should be good. Every action should be right, and so we can't really do more than what we're obligated to do. But, but, the important perspective to be brought back is that we are beloved sons and daughters. The perspective is on us. Do we desire to do more in his service? Do we desire to grow in our spiritual lives? Do we desire to be more than we currently are? Or do we desire to simply continue to be little children? Or do we desire to mature day by day and to grow up in the Lord's garden and to ultimately rely upon him more and more? Because then I think we can turn then to the first image that the Lord gives us in today's gospel. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Whenever the Lord talks about having faith the size of a mustard seed, he's not just talking about the fact that a little faith can go a long way that a little salt can season the entire you know, dish or a little leaven you know, leavens the entire dough. He is going even further beyond that, it's true, but he's also making a fundamental statement about again, who are we in the Lord's eyes and what are we in the Lord's eyes? We are like Therese said, little flowers. We are small in the grand scheme of things. And yet with a little faith, God through us can work great things in the world. Having faith in the size of a mustard seed is not a statement about the size of our faith necessarily speaking, but instead, more importantly, about God's power working through our faith. That God, when we trust in Him, can do great things. That when we trust in the Lord, it is ultimately His power at work. It is not our own gifts, it is not our own talents, it is not our accomplishments that win the day, but it is God and God alone who can work that good work in us. And that if we trust in him but a little, he will begin to turn our hearts, to turn our hearts into stone and to hearts of flesh as the prophet Ezekiel tells us in scripture. We often so, so often have hearts of stone, hearts turned away from him, and we do not understand what the Lord is doing. And I think this comes down to the core of it. Our perspective is so limited. We see so little of the grand scheme, the grand plan, even of our own lives. Where Will I be tomorrow, a year from now, five years, ten? Who is to say? Who knows? No one really does. Obviously, we need to, in so many ways, plan for the future. But what that will look like in the end is a mystery to us. Yesterday, in the daily readings, we read, from the, we read from Job, the book of Job, that he, God, has laid the foundations of the world, and we do not understand any of it. He says to Job, where were you when I founded the seas, where I poured the waters out? It is a statement about the fact that, from our limited perspective, our little pea brains that we understand so little— Increase our faith, they say. Increase our faith. That is, increased our trust, Lord, because that is ultimately what faith is. It's a trust in God's providence. And so while we might not understand everything, whenever we state in our creed that I believe, I believe, we are stating that we believe everything stated therein and also everything that the Lord taught and everything that the Catholic Church professes. Does that mean that we understand all of it? No, because as Father Dan Schmidtmeier, the vocation director for the diocese, once told me, he's like, if I learn 10% of what the church teaches by the time I die, I'll be doing amazing. If I understand 10% by the time I die, I'll be doing amazing. There is so much there. And this brings me back to the fact that we simply have to trust the Lord with all of it, even with those hard teachings. Do we trust the Lord enough with our sexuality within our marriage to say that I, under, that I trust that the, the church's teaching artificial contraception is for my good, even if I do not fully understand why? Or perhaps I'm tempted to give in to what society now tells me, that love is love, and that the church's teaching that marriage is between one man and one woman is outdated and old-fashioned. Or do I trust that even though I do not quite understand what it means to deny myself and how love requires sacrifice, how love requires for me to follow the Lord's commandments. Do I still trust that ultimately that is true and that the Lord's teaching is for my good and all of our goods? You see, this is where it comes down to. The Lord and the church's teachings about love come down to the fact that the Lord never acts without our good and mine. And the Lord does not permit anything without our good in mind. Because, obviously, he does not will evil. Obviously, he does not will the terrible acts that people have enacted throughout all of generations. Horrendous genocides, terrible plagues, sins of so many different sorts. But yet, in a mysterious way, all of these things bring back to the fore that God is good and that, like any loving father, he sees the larger picture. He sees what is good for us, even if we cannot see it ourselves. Parents, think for yourselves. How often does your child want more and more candy, but you know better? You know that giving them that piece of candy now will result in them having a sweet tooth that will be incurable in the years to come. How many of you understand that your child may be tempted to run out to the middle of the street but you know that's a rather dangerous thing for them to do, and so you hold them back. So it is with so many of the Lord's teachings. They're not simply markers that do this or else, but instead they are boundaries put by our Lord for our sakes, for our good, and because he loves us as a father, as a mother loves their child. Because that is what it comes down to again. He loves you. You were unique, unrepeatable. The Lord delights in you in a way that he delights in no one else. There's something about you that delights him, that no one else can delight him in that way. And what a gift it is to be made in his image, to have been brought into his church by virtue of your baptism, to be a beloved son or daughter, to be loved, cherished, and treasured by him as his own, as someone that he has not just simply taken, but someone chosen by him. You are beloved. You are treasure. And so often we view the obstacles, the difficulties, the challenges in our lives, the sufferings we face, as obstacles to us becoming saints, to our happiness. But you see, that's backwards, that's messed up, and that is utterly wrong. The obstacles that lie before you The sufferings you are currently enduring and the difficulties that will come in the future are ultimately your path to sainthood. The martyrs are known because they suffered for the faith. They found their joy in suffering. And so too you are going to find your joy, your sainthood, in the midst of the sufferings and the difficulties that lie ahead of you, the trials that you endure and overcome with his aid, with his help, and his grace. Because that is who we are. We are a Christian people that persevere in hope, despite what comes, no matter the difficulties. That is who the Lord is, and that's who he shows himself to be in today's gospel. Telling ourselves we are unprofitable servants as ultimate ownership of the fact that we are more than that. We are beloved sons and daughters. And in having the faith of the size of a mustard seed, the Lord can overcome all the obstacles The difficulties and the sufferings that all of us are currently enduring. Because He is our Father, and each and every one of us is a beloved child of His.